if you're listening to this right now, it's because you're a fan of best hour of their day and probably me, but not so much Fern. That tends to be the norm. But if you are listening, we just want to ask you for one favor. Please support us on Patreon. Patreon is where we put some bonus episodes up. It's really the only thing we ask for. We've been doing this podcast for two years now, and we do it because we have a love for fitness. We have a love for helping others, a passion for developing other people and helping them become the best possible coach that they can be. And and we do it because we love it. We don't ask for anything, but we are asking that you support us on Patreon. It's $6 for the price of your fancy frappuccino with hazelnut syrup or whatever it is you get over at Starbucks. You can support the show. And as we get more and more supporters on Patreon, by the way, it's patreon.com forward slash best hour of their day. We're going to be adding even more. Right now, it's a free bonus episode where we answer all of your questions, but we plan on putting so much more out there, exclusive and early content, access to things that you know everybody else doesn't get. So once again, we don't ask for much. So if you love the show, if we're helping you, chances are if you listen to this show and you're a coach or a box owner, we've helped you make way more than $6. And not only that, we've helped just make your life better, whether we entertain you or whether you've implemented many of the awesome things we talk about here on the show, check it out. If you don't, you know what? You can keep listening to the show. You can keep tuning in on a regular basis. Yeah, we put three episodes out every week. You don't have to support us on Patreon. We still want you to listen, but if you can, we appreciate it. We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. How many classes do you think you've coached in your entire CrossFit coaching career? Well, we can say that it's at least 750 because that's what I needed to qualify for my uh, level three. It is, damn, that's a good question. Let's just do, let me do some rough math. So I'm going to, I'm going to lowball this and let's say 30 times 12 times 12. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be. Did you do 30 times 12 times 12? Yeah. What was the first 12? 12 months. And in 12 years? Yeah. Okay. But 30s, it's been way higher than that at some point. It's been it's been way over it's been like over 80 for like significant durations. Right. 30 in a, in a month. 30 at the beginning of Cross of Rife was probably per week. That's only one um, Well, no, because we had no, because we had very limited class schedule. Like we didn't have anything in the in the beginning of the day. Or so we didn't have anything in the middle of the day. Sorry. It was just like it was whatever we could do before work and after work, essentially. 
Gotcha. But like okay, people, so, so. What, so what was the number? Thirty times. It was. It was right at five thousand. Five thousand. And um, it's so that's minus. So it's definitely over that because I've done significantly higher for for large chunks of time, um, and that's then whatever that is, however many hours, just in the level one setting, probably cre creeping up on 200. 200 well, say, then that's not including seminars. Like level one seminar, uh, in any given weekend, you coach the three breakout groups and mm -hmm. you're at least a part of, you know, four uh, smaller breakout groups. Right. So call it three hours, call the two, you know, there's five hours minimum, not including the two workouts, right? right. Five hours would be a low end. How many yeah, seminars have you worked? I think it's just under, yeah, I think it's right around 200. So I think. That, that alone's another thousand hours. Or another thousand, yeah. So we're talking, um, I mean, you're creeping up on the seven, eight, nine thousand hours, as, as I would say. Pro I yeah, probably. I think it's pretty close to that, probably. The, I don't, I don't think it's probably, I don't think it's 10,000 like, like coached hours yet, but for sure 10,000 practice, you know, like including everything. I run all of that for sure over 10,000, but I don't think it's 10,000 over like actively on the floor coaching. Maybe it is. I don't know, but it's, it's for sure. Probably like around the seven or 8,000. Yeah. And then we're not even factoring in evaluations for your coaching staff coaches right. meetings where you're coaching. So but point being, okay. You and I have both put in the time that, you know, the, the 10,000, your quote unquote, 10,000 hours, if you will. My question to you and the topic I want to discuss today is do you ever show up to class? And I know the answer already. It's yes, because I can speak for myself and not, not I, w I don't want to say not give it your all, but kind of leave some of your ninja skills behind. In other words, you know, what are some of the things that a, a really seasoned coach such as yourself, myself, can still forget to bring to any given class? Well, I can talk – I had a conversation – Lindsay and I had a conversation yesterday about this because – By the way, can I say something about Lindsay? Sure. How does she get her schedule wrong at least once a week? It's not that often. It's not that often. <laughs> once a week, she shows up to the 5 a.m. when it's, she doesn't have to coach it. She's never coached – she's never showing up to the 5 a.m. on accident. Number one, because we don't have a 5 a.m. And number two, and she's totally okay with me saying this, morning is not her jam. But the, I, see uh, her, I see her Instagram, and she's like, oh, I'll mess up my schedule again. Guess I'll work out. It's like, how, how are you not – We So in all fairness, we have, we have a lot going on here. It's, it's been – which is great. Um, and she's, and she's kind of moving into some new roles here as well. So it, it's just a, it is a, it's an adjustment period for everybody. So they're every, but this is not, this is not something that is, uh, unique to any one person. This has happened to every single person that I know has, as like had some sort of like foobar scenario that where you're just like, I don't even know how the fuck I made it here. Like, this is awful. Um, so we were talking about it yesterday, just with regard to, the um, lesson plans is one. And I know this sounds ridiculous, but lesson plans is one where I'm going to be straight up with you. I don't write out line item by line item a ton of lesson plans anymore. And the classes are, are noticeably not as efficient for me, at least to the lay person. Like I'll maybe off a minute here or there. I write this progression might not have gone how I wanted it. Um, 
but if I, if I sit down for five minutes, rack my brain about a couple things, if I want to try to try something new, um, then I'm good. Then, then everything largely will go the way that I want it to. So not writing a lesson plan for sure is something that, you know, you know, you can call it lazy, you can call it busy, whatever it is. Like, yes, you get to a point in life where I've coached so many classes, I don't necessarily need to write it out, but you do notice it as well as I have in the past. Like if I don't show up with one, I notice it, but at a minimum, are you checking out? Well, you want to know like the biggest hangup for lesson plans is, is the general warmup. Yeah, you don't think about what the movements are and, and what I'm- Well, I do, but I just like, you know how general warm up sorry, man. It's just like, if you, it, listen, everybody who's done this for any amount of time, much less, you know, over 5,000 hours, like the the general warm up can be a real pain in the ass. Just like by trying, like trying to make it creative, trying to change it. And then you can go too far in one direction and just make it creative and it's no longer useful you know, you put in a game in there and now I've actually just wasted time because I was trying to keep people engaged. Like that is a, that is a very, very difficult balancing act with regard to the kind of presence and attitude while still keeping things technically in check. For sure. But what I was going to ask you is if, if you're not showing up with a lesson plan, what's the shortest period of time before you actually look at the workout and start coaching in other words you know like how quickly could i do that but not, not just can you because i know we can both you and i can show up to the four o'clock class at 359 and run a solid class because as we've i could about, this is not a joke right and i'm sure you could do this too but this is and i know because i've i've done it this is not something i'm proud of but again if you own an affiliate and you've had to like do the and you've had to tokyo drift into a class for any reason whatsoever um I can make a lesson plan while reading the whiteboard brief. Yeah, because because as we've spoken about, it's really just going to be okay. What's my drop dead start time? That's really what you're going to start with, right? Like, right. Okay, you know, when do I need to start this workout? I could warm anybody up for any given movement with once I know that. But but you're talking like like the question is, you know, what are some of the things you forget? How often does that happen? Or when was the last time it happened? Or you know, did you have you ever truly rolled in and had to do that? The the last question is yes. I just like walk in, what's the workout? What's what, up, everybody? You know, where you are doing that. Is it just you know, it happens like, oh, so and so can't make it shit I have to cover. No, no. This is like this would be a scenario where legitimately you're standing around, it's whatever name of time, something 59. And you realize that looks like I'm coaching this class. Yeah. yeah. Like Lindsay, I haven't looked at schedule again. I haven't looked at that thing yet. And uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to slide in there. Nobody's going to be the wiser. And I'm going to just immediately put my coaching face on and walk up to the whiteboard as if I'm coaching this and we're going to start the class and this shit's going to go on time. And what? It's going to be great. Is it, is it the same thing I said? Like, do you just look at the workout and figure out you, I mean, a, you, you can't have a drop dead start time without understanding how long the workout should take. And unless it's an AMRAP. I mean, it's not like I've never seen the workout, right? So we will review it at some point. I may not have seen it in a week or two, but you programmed it, but yeah, we put it in there. So it's not completely foreign. However, 
again, this is not like some weird, you know, where I have like the ability to read the matrix, but I've worked out and done, I don't know how many more workouts than I've coached. So I, I could put no thought into it, probably just read it. And as I'm reading it, I'm kind of running through my mental Rolodex of times and reps and all that stuff. And by the time I finish giving the general rundown of the workout, I could say, this is going to take about eight to 12 minutes, or it should, if you do it that way. Um, again, this is not ideal. We're not recommending this. This is not something that you should practice, but yes, it, it is a thing that has happened. So, so to motivate the listeners as experienced coaches, one to 10, Fern rolls in and has to start a class versus mm-hmm. Fern shows up with a lesson plan. What are we looking at if you had to rate your class simply on that? Like, does it go from a three to a 10? Does it go from a five to a six? I don't know how this is going to sound, but it's probably like a nine and a, to a nine and a half to a 10. And no matter what, fern coaching is is a nine. Well, this is listen. This is where I want everybody to get, which is at some point it doesn't matter, right? At some point, just like you, you either have a skill set and 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 have practiced and gotten enough dry runs that I just go into autopilot and I do this thing that I do every single day, right? This is this is also the kind of the same, and this is what I preach to a lot of new coaches, which is. If we're gonna be, if we're gonna, if we're gonna make statements like world class coaching and you know going pro and all of those things, then quite frankly, you fucking better be pro. Like it better not matter. It better not matter if your dog died. It better not. None of that stuff matters. Like I should be able to flip that switch, turn it on, and do it with all the distractions, with no prep. Now, not everybody's there, and that takes lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of reps lots of good reps lots of bad reps lots of evals lots of people telling you suck lots of messing things up like i you that's not just something that you develop over time right and the whole point is is like it's not good this is not braggadocious the point is like at some point you get to a level or you're trying to get to a level where nobody notices but you so with that being said and I know right now at CrossFit Rife, you're actually not coaching many, if any, classes. Like that's where none, you are as a owner, right which, you know, kudos to you. What was motivating you to show up prepared then? Because knowing I don't need to be prepared, you're busy. You got a wife, you got two kids, you got a box, you got a best hour of their day. Why put in more work? What motivates you to, to, to show up prepared knowing the, the, the 0.5 of a difference doesn't matter. Oh, I just love meaning like currently or yeah, like I when I was, when I was spending way more time when I, like when I was spending way more time. I'm talking February, right? We're recording this in March oh. on the calendar, but. Oh, like, I love this. I love it. But how, you love it enough that you sit there and, and write up plans, think about the workouts ahead of time. No, but I mean like it, that, that morphs over time. It goes from like, oh, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write down lesson plans and I'm going to, google search and get on youtube and look for new progressions and and like come up with a game but again dude like you do this for 12 years and there's a pretty deep rolodex of stuff in there like jokingly that this is probably not a joke i'm you are probably at a point where you know as ours are many coaches were like probably forgotten more things that most coaches have learned at this point but so when is this okay in other words 
you have you have two level three coaches on your staff and a handful mm-hmm. of level twos. If when they, is what okay? If if Cassidy or Lindsay or Jake or any of your coaches showed up to you like, hey Fern, just so you know, I'm no longer gonna do lesson plans. Oh, when is that okay? Yeah. When you can run a shit hot class. So you say, cool, I'm gonna watch your class. And if I notice that it sucks or isn't as good as your typical yeah. plan. Hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Well, but because I, I think I think I think if you're proficient, you deserve that leeway. And then what are we talking about at that point? You know, if you can't on a whim hit a timeline, well then you should probably write more lesson plans. If now this is not to say that even good high quality again, going back to the conversation we were having yesterday that Lindsay and I were having was I was uh, evaluating her class yeah, yesterday. And she was like, yeah, she's like, I kind of been slacking on running the timelines because we were just talking about time. Like everybody gets a little loose with their time. And that was part of the feedback. Right. And for the record, Lindsay is a kick ass coach, like one of the best around, like that I've ever been around. She can coach her face off. For sure. And, but I was just like, Hey, the, the timelines are getting loose. Like we got to tighten those up. And she was like, cool. She's like, I don't know. She's like, I, she, and she said straight up, she's like, I've just been, you know, I've been like a little loose on the writing lesson plans. So then like she was, uh, she did it. And then I took her, I took one class and then evaluated the immediate follow-on class and it was wired tight. And we, and we're talking about minutia at this point. I'm like, Hey, look this over here. Look at that. Um, Well, little nuances, you know? And you also don't have to show up with a detailed lesson plan to run a solid class, right? Maybe. Now she really likes to though. Like that's her, that's how she likes to do it. I don't love that. That's just not the way. I work, but I know other people that do that, like Denise, DT, Denise Thomas, she, that's her gig, right? Like she loves that stuff. And I know other people that just kind of like, you know, even more loose than me, they're just like, you know, these weird kind of a beautiful mind people. And you can just see algorithms floating around in their brain, um, where in my brain, it's just dust. The, um, <laughs> well, well but, but I guess the point being, it might not be like, Hey, I do a detailed lesson plan to all of a sudden I don't do anything to prepare. It might mm-hmm. be. I go from lesson plan to uh, time blocking the hour, you know, three minutes for the whiteboard brief. Seven, right. You know, and, and then I, th- I think I see where you're going with this. So I, I think what's important to distinguish here is, and this is kind of an evolution that I will, a lot of coaches that have worked here at CrossFit Rife that we will go through, which is there's a difference between did you and can you? You, you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, for sure. Like, like I can, but I didn't. But just because I didn't doesn't mean that that won't be what unfolds, right? Because I don't necessarily, in, in air quotes, we're talking about like need, need, do I need to write a lesson plan? I mean, it depends on the, what we're talking about, like need here. No, I don't need to, cause I'm still going to run a tight timeline and I'll run it back to back to back classes. And, but if you're talking about a coach who is not super developed, then yes, now we are going to throw the need. You need to write a lesson plan. You need to submit that because it's very obvious that you're not paying attention and that you're going over or that you wasted time here that you didn't think through that logistical hurdle or that you uh, did not have a progression prepared for that complex movement because you just whiffed right through it and skipped over it as if it wasn't there. Um, so it depends, right? But I think where you're going with this is like, what should somebody who's pretty skilled, like what, what should the focus be on? Like, what are we leaving off the table when you get to this point where, you know, it's a real thing, right? Like some of this is Groundhog's Day and you're just like, I don't need to write a lesson plan. But then what should I be focused on? 
Well, and I think what something you said there that can't be glossed over is, and I think digging deeper into why we can show up without a lesson plan is there's no movement we haven't seen. And if you give me a movement that I can't quickly think of a three to four step progression on that I would use. And, and right. also not only that, but then think about what the other movements, so A, triage, mm-hmm. you know, there's snatching, there's muscle up and there's push-ups, which you know, I'm not doing a push-up progression that day, right? I'm gonna focus on this and I know because right, push up will be part of the muscle up warm up progression, which will then go into the snatch. And even you weightlifting. right? Is something that you can do off the top of your head, where right, you know, there's no movement, or if they're one of the foundational movements, I have the level one progression. So I think part of that not writing a lesson plan is knowing there's no movement that I'm gonna see that I don't that I can't come up with a not only a game plan for, but an understanding of how long that game plan will take because let's let's use Amanda, right? Snatching and muscle up. Quickly, we know, okay, this should be a five minute workout. Some people are gonna be in the 10 minutes. So I need to drop right. dead start time 42, right? Right, right. right there off the top of my head. That right. means I've got zero to 42 to get them warm with a specific warm up for two complex movements. So mm-hmm. we go zero to five whiteboard brief, Five Whoa, to twelve. That's a long. That's a long ass whiteboard brief for you know, a again. for a couplet of nine seven five, bro. That's complex movements. I think I found the problem. I think I found the, the problem. To talk about the fact that this was a regional workout that it was named after somebody. There's lots of things going on there. Yeah. But again, general. You you yeah, so you you do like that kind of stuff, right? Which is something to talk about, right? Like you like the CrossFit history. You like to loop in that kind of stuff, which is great. Yeah, I, I think it's important for people to, for people to hear and for people to learn, but. You're right. It doesn't have to be five minutes. I'm just throwing some times out there. We take it to 12 with a general warm up, which is going to be very hip extension, shoulder related, because that's what we're doing. We're snatching and muscling up. And now I've got 30 minutes from 12 to 42 to get them really prepared, loaded, right? It's 135, 95, et cetera. And then I can start to work backwards. But that came from, you know, 10 plus years of experience and not having done it. Having done it. Exactly. I was going to say many, many, many I times. probably coached Amanda five times. Right. You know, so but you've not coached, but you've coached the movements way more than five times. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Imagine five times. I'm like, okay, it doesn't like at some point it doesn't matter. I know what time, I know how I want to do this. Um, and then some of this is kind of gauging the class. Like, is it just happen to be a bunch of pipe hitters in here where we could forego a little PVC pipe work? We go right to the barbell and I'm like, hey guys, like all of you guys here can snatch your body weight. So let's talk a little bit about like saving your grip and cycling a barbell and like being a little bit more efficient by stringing these muscle ups together and like how you should do that kind of stuff like that. Again, I'm going back to, to use Jomo's words is just like your ability to compress or expand information based on the audience standing in front of you. That's, well, that's an interesting point that we can kind of segue into is, you know, if you do show up with a lesson plan or you are coaching multiple classes in a given day, knowing when not only is it acceptable, but when you should vary the, the lesson plan or just the overall theme of the day. And that's something I evaluate as soon as, I mean, A, we tend to know who shows up to the four versus the five versus the six. You know, mm-hmm. for me, the six o'clock, there's always a bunch of teenage kids in there. So I can't right. teach that high level stuff. It's more about herding cats but I know at the five it's my veterans it's you know not necessarily the fittest at the box but they know what they're doing so 
Right. On, on an Amanda day, we, yeah, maybe we do talk about touch and go versus how we hit triple extension or, you know, hitting your first muscle up versus pushing away and getting multiple. So when do you find it's okay to vary your lesson plan? Is it something you would say, show up with a lesson plan and be ready to call some audibles? Or do you schedule a lesson plan based on which class you're coaching that day? No, so I don't, I don't do the latter. I don't have a lesson plan per class. I just know that some of them require a little bit more um, to be a little bit more assertive because they like the 9 a.m. Right? I love the 9 a.m., but you just have to be more assertive or they will walk all over you. So it's universal. Over you. They will walk over, they will eat your lunch and they will hug you. And then they will tell you that you did a shit job, but they'll be back tomorrow. Right. Like they will just crush your soul. The uh, so, but I do have kind of like a backup plan. Now, when do I use it? I will admittedly tell you less and less and less as the gym grows. Because so I find I find that I used to do it more frequently, and I'm not actually sure if this was because I was um, not as good of a coach before, and I thought it was okay, or I thought I think that it was just like the community was smaller, so the likelihood of having like two to three people in a class that were that were like pretty proficient, and we could do that happened more frequently, but now it, it's it happens less and less because the classes are bigger and because the likelihood of having somebody in there who has for sure less than a year underneath their belt is very, very high. Yeah. I think, and that just comes down to knowing your box, knowing your members, but how do you balance this? I think this is something a lot of coaches have been a part of. You got a great lesson plan. You got 12 people in class, but three of them are experienced and they're giving you that look of really, we're reviewing the push press with PVC again. Mm-hmm. What do you do there? So, I mean, I've got something mind blowing for everybody. Maybe some people have barbells. Maybe some people have PVC pipes. Like what? Right. Or hey, maybe some people have barbells with 15s on it. And give me this right. drill with 75 pounds. Now, <laughs> something that should be noted here is that typically that happens if they're not getting coached. Yeah, if you're if you're if we're just better. blindly if we're just blindly going through a progression and I get no feedback whatsoever, then yeah, I'm checked out. So I, this is something again, like put it back on yourself and take ownership of that. You know, we like to reference Jocko's extreme ownership. If that athlete is looking bored and annoyed, that is probably my fault because I have not I have not addressed them in any way, shape, or form. Be like, hey, Steph, move your feet out. Uh, Jen, drop your hips, take your hands out a little bit wider, rather keeping them engaged because sometimes people just like need one to two things in there, which is like, Hey, open your hips, jump a little bit higher at the top or like move your feet faster. Right? Like, so moving away from this kind of this technical and like changing the lens with which you look at this athlete a li- just slightly versus like this person over here, the new person needs, okay. Like the basics, like put your hands here, do all of that where this person who is, a little bit more seasoned, like the cue there could just be like, speed that up. I know you can move faster than that. And they're like, okay, right. So now, now things start to get a little bit snappier to the top, right? So see, like knowing where they're at and knowing what to give them and when to keep them engaged, like push jerk is like a, a perfect example where people like mail that in. If you're going to take people through the progression, it's like, hey, yo, speed that up. Like, I know you know how to do this. Like snap your elbows, dude. Like, let's get with it. Come on. Um, Jump harder, right. And I think really two things are happening there for some if they go back and listen to our recent episode on imposter syndrome, it's, do 
do you have the confidence to coach those people, right? Do you have the confidence to coach people that have been showing up for five years, you're a new L1 and you have way less experience, but B, can you actually make them better? And I think that goes back to a concept of empty reps. Yeah, if you're the coach that's like, hey, it's push press, dip drive, go, go. And you're not saying, you know, lean back, send your knees right. forward, get your elbows up, lock it out overhead. And you're not giving feedback on every rep. Yeah, people are going to get bored. Practically speaking, I think this is a tool that some people might be able to use, which is you've the, the likelihood of you seeing this, having seen this person work out or train before is pretty high, if not 100%, right? So very rarely we talk about a scenario where like, I've never seen this person before. Um, use what you have seen in the past to help you coach them now, right? Like if you've seen them move well and move snappy and move fast and move efficient, and that's not what they're doing now, well, get them to do that now. Yeah, and even right, say, so, like, I've seen you move better. I've seen you move faster. Remember that? Be like, yeah, just be like, I know you can move faster now, bro. I've seen you do that. Like, move those feet, bro. Let's go. And they're just like, ah, all right. Like, I don't want to do it. And it's just like, boom, that's a coaching moment right there. Isn't it weird that we can remember such, I can remember, like, people's PRs. I can remember how they move, but I can't remember my birthday. I mean, I can remember your anniversary. I know you do remember that. For I'm somebody. just going to keep bringing it up. So, okay, obviously, like, we've, gotten to it showing up with a lesson plan being willing to be flexible with that but at the same time knowing your audience and knowing hey they do need this they don't need this and also understanding i think for a lot of coaches that are like well i'm sure you know i got veterans i got newbies what should i do really it should be the same thing it's your ability to coach that impacts you know their attitude their behavior and ultimately the enjoyment they're getting out of that class that that is a very common uh, in air quotes, problem present to be like, what, like I'm struggling with this to which my, I, for, I was talking to somebody about this recently. Oh, we were talking to somebody. I was talking to somebody might've been somebody to feel at you. Maybe not. Anyway, the, they're talking about like the, the coaches want the athletes to go through onboarding, right? So they're, they're implementing a new onboarding process and they're kind of going through it. And they're like, coaches, like those people really need to be in onboarding. And we probably talked about this before, like that coach that's a coaching problem. That is not an onboarding problem. Your coach should be able to manage that. That is a technical skill deficiency that we need to address. And if you feel that way, that you're struggling, like I've got these new people and I've got these experienced people and I struggle to blend the two, that is not a, we need to separate the class answer. That is a, my coaching is not where it should be. And that's okay because that's how that works. But we need to acknowledge it first and say, okay, cool. I clearly am struggling balancing these two ends of the spectrum. What would allow me to do that better, right? And going back to where we were before, a lot of that has to do with what is your prep? What kind of practice have you put in? Did you write a lesson plan? Because if you did, it should have accounted for that. You know, like in my brain, just probably like in yours too, like, I'm always accounting for all of those all the time. Like there's not a scenario where I don't account for them anymore. It's just second nature at this point. Like I'm always accounting for starting with the least, the, you know, like the bottom of the barrel and working all the way to the top, but doing it efficiently to the point where people are engaged and we're getting to where we need to go in a, in a, in a timely manner. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is also something where you don't need to express it to the class. You should be so good that, I can have a newbie and a veteran, and I'm not saying 
I'm teaching this because you're new or I'm teaching that because you're a veteran. Oh. I'm the snatch again, you know, the newbie gets a cue on hip extension or, or maintaining their lumbar curve because it's we're triaging where the veteran gets a cue on, hey, pop your hands open at the top to save your grip and then re-grip here. And, and you're not telling them that. And, you know, we, like almost like we talk about in affiliate you when it comes to social media, like you're not saying, hey, today's topic is training or today's topic is mindset. Right. But you're giving th- this this great experience, and they don't even know it. So you should be kind of like scaling up or down based on where everybody's at. And there's there's lots of little tri- tricks and tips to keep people engaged, which is you can give a pat on the back to some of these people to make if you know they're going to be aggravated by the PVC. Be like, hey Jay, I know you're pretty proficient with a snatch. Go ahead and grab a barbell for today. Like when we go through, everybody's on the PVC pipe. You're going to be on the barbell, and they're like, and Christina, sudden, they they're not going to complain. Feel special. Yeah, they feel special. I'm like, hey, Christina, I know we're still working on it. Go ahead and grab that PVC pipe. It's all going to be the same. We're going to run through this progression really quickly, but you guys are going to be working at your own level, right? And they're both like, okay, this is appropriate for me. They, This lady doesn't feel like that she has to manage a barbell, and this guy or gal over here doesn't feel like they're being treated with kid gloves using the PVC pipe. So th- there's ways to work around that. And then I just have to be quick on my feet. I have to be really active on the floor if that's the case so that I can make sure that I get these folks over here, um, you know, and, and, and let the good athletes know, like, I'm watching you. Like, just because I gave you that barbell doesn't mean that you get to, you know, dick around. Tying a bow on this, that all goes back to the lesson plan, right? We, again, we're using the snatch as an example, right? In my lesson plan, I have what I want to work on, what I want to see, and I should also have you know maybe some things to work on for the newer athletes versus veteran athletes right in that lesson plan and and a reason why unless you've got the five thousand seven thousand ten thousand hours like fern does like i do you should still be doing that lesson plan because those are the things you can think of unless you can roll into class and think of all of those things you know the topic is you know what are some of the things a season coach doesn't show up with and ultimately it comes down with preparedness the presence and attitude is going to be there. Your eyeballs are going to be there, you know, so long as you're not coming off a bender, right? The, uh, your, your ability to teach is going to be there. It's, a, it's your ability to run an organized, you know, well-oiled hour, if you will, with or without a lesson plan. That then leads into kind of like the, a little bit the more of the higher level coaching in my mind, which is when the, when the technical stuff just comes to you second nature. Now I can start really digging on people's mindset. It was just like where they're at, like, how hard are we going to hit that? What's the strategy that we're going to, that we're going to unfold today for this work? I'm like, I want you to make sure that you do no less than five reps, but we're going to string these together. I'm going to try to move you a little bit faster. We're going to try to hit some doubles on this muscle up over here, or we're going unbroken. Maybe we scale this back a little bit. The goal for you today is just like, keep that thing pegged at 5,000 RPMs and don't bring it down, you know? So that, once I get past all that, now I can really get into the, to the stuff that people dig, which is kind of the strategy, the actual working out portion of it. Um, but that, but yeah, but that comes, well, you have to earn it as a coach too, because you can't give people that information until you, until you're supremely oh, confident I mean. that you can make them move well. You have to put the time in, you're, you know, you get there with 5,000 hours and everything is second nature. So now I can think about the higher level stuff, but until you put that time in, it's not going to happen. So you need to, you know, really this comes down to show up prepared and prepared is really a lesson plan, but, but dig into so many things other than just time blocking the hour and, 
you know, what are you going to teach? Why are you going to teach it? What are you going to do for a newbie versus a veteran? And and then ultimately, you know, you can really get to that next level stuff. But you got to show that's, there. Yeah, and that's where I think that's probably the one of the first things that falls off for experienced coaches is they just stop doing those skill sets. Luckily for you and I, they're prematurely. Prematurely for a lot of people, but you know, like, so not to say that I never write lesson plans. So luckily you and I are kind of still in the, in the machine, meaning the CrossFit machine where I still have to submit those to the yeah. flow Less, for a level, level two. Yeah. I, I still got to submit that. And, but then what becomes the game there is like, when I submit that lesson plan, when that thing unfolds, it unfolds to the second. Yeah. And like, regardless i've never been in this gym before it doesn't matter like that's that becomes now the game which is like hey how good at this can i be when i'm when i'm somebody's putting the screws on me i've got 20 people that i've never seen before i'm getting evaluated by a peer who is probably better than me and they're gonna take notes and then they're gonna brief the class on it afterwards and they're gonna if i made a mistake it's gonna come up in the brief and guess right? so don't make so, a mistake you made a mistake. There's always you still made a mistake. There's going to be feedback in there. Um, and, and, and then this co- again, goes back to like, if, did they realize the mistake? Are you unaware that there was a mistake or do you know? And they're like, Hey, what's up? And they're like, I did this. And like, I did see that. Let's talk about it. Let's unpack it. Let's look at it. So, you know, that, that is, um, that is, it's part of the journey, man. Like that, the, you have to continue to try to make that happen. And I there's a guy here from, uh, Ukraine and, uh, he came in to take the level two, but he's been here all week. So he's just been hanging out and he's like getting ready to open his gym. And he's just, he's just, dude, this is just like, so crazy. This is so different than what I've ever seen and all that stuff. And so he was like stuck around late last night. And I was just like, listen, bro. I was like, you're seeing at least in its current state, something that has been in the works for 12 years, you know? Yeah. And it's Isn't and it so it, great when you hear someone like, man, that's I've I've heard it plenty of times and as of you when you show up somewhere or a drop in comes in they're like all of a sudden they're like man my coach sucks my <laughs> well, sucks you know and that then, doesn't make me happy it makes me sad side but the but, but the it, point it makes you feel like okay I'm doing a good job but the point is everybody feels like that at some point like I remember how I felt when I was going through that which is why again I like people ask me all the time can I come to your gym and I'm like yeah, the door is open. We're here all damn day. Like, come in, sit, uh, you know, sit on the side and just take notes and just, you know, Jay has to pee everybody. You don't have a, you're not wearing your daughter's diapers. So you're probably oh. the same size. The, um, but yeah, that, I think that's, you know, the whole point of this is like, you could, you need to have some way to keep yourself uh, in check. You know, luckily we have, you know, people on seminar staff to kind of like if we start to veer that it's like hey like you need to tighten that up and i'm like yeah you're right i need to tighten that up um and then progress your skill set like how can can i do something that's going to impress this person who's really fucking good you know so show up prepared show up with a lesson plan put the hours in and you know and maybe one day you don't need it but i think in summation what we are saying is it's never a bad idea to show up prepared So you never miss an episode of the podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.